Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please be sure to check us out on social media. We're available on every platform, so just head over, search Country Music Made Me, and give us a follow. You can also visit countrymusicmademe.com to sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content. On today's episode, we are excited to welcome Colby Cooper. Now, Colby dove in to a career in country music at the age of 18 after graduating high school. He was going to give it a year to see how it went. And well, it went pretty darn well. Things exploded out of the gate. And now at only 23 years old, he has toured around the country and he is set to make his Grand old Opry debut in September. The day we talked, he was set to release his brand new album, Boy from Anderson County to the Moon. That was last week. And so we talked about that new album and also his journey towards it. So please enjoy our conversation with Colby Cooper. Let's start out with the new album because it is going to be released tonight at midnight, which will be um a week removed once we release this episode so everyone can go out and check it out so boy from anderson county to the moon is the new album now there was the six song ep that came out and we have i believe seven extra tunes that were added to make the full album now talk about this process the six songs you had the seven that you added were they all created around the same time or were the those seven songs sort of crafted after the release of the original EP. Man, every uh, every song on the uh, on this album was made around pretty much or you know within the same six months, except for uh, Breaking News, which is out already, and uh, a song called Storms Coming, which is going to come out tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> but every other song was made. Uh, by the time that the first EP came out. And so when we picked that first EP, it was like, oh man, what do we want to save for the, uh, the full length? You know, like, cause we didn't want to, we didn't want to put like all of our favorites on here, but we didn't want to like save all of our favorites. So it was like, it was, it was a very interesting process, you know? Yeah. Talk about making that full album and sort of placing the songs because when I looked at the track listing, I kind of assumed, I guess, that the six songs that were originally released would be in a chunk and then the new songs would be in a chunk. But that's not it. They're they're mixed together. So talk about that process of creating a flow on the full album. Yeah. So me and uh, me and my publisher, uh, his name is we call him Falcon. We uh, we sit down and we, always, we do the track listings because we, we tried to uh, we try to tell a story with the music and with, uh, you know, lyrically with the, the song content. And uh, we just want you to get a, a you know, a, a musical progression throughout the entire album, which you get, cause it starts, it starts small or it starts, you know, uh, with the first song, Are We On Fire? And it's like, a, that song is just, it builds so in such a cool way, uh, but it starts small acoustic. And then the album ends with To The Moon, which is a, a more broke down, like acoustic uh, vibe song. So it's, it's, it's cool the way like it, it starts like that and just goes and, and just, you know, but there's also a story with it um, and in the, the content of the songs and stuff, but it was a, uh, you know, there, there were so many different, um, different ways we had placed the songs from, from one to 13 or yeah, from one to 13. And uh, we, we finally just saw the, the final way and we're like, Oh yeah, that's, that's what it's because we, we have this, uh, this window at his office that we write it down on. Oh, okay. and and finally we got to the the final uh the final order we're like oh yeah that looks dope that's 
perfect. So it was it was a very interesting process, but we got it. That's awesome. And now it is a very diverse album. Like you say, it kind of goes up and then down and there's a lot of different elements within it. But I was wondering throughout the process of creating it, was there anything that you wanted to try that maybe didn't work out the way you thought it would, or maybe didn't fit with the project? I mean, there, there were, there were, I mean, so with the album, I mean, mean, there were so many songs that we, I mean, I could have, you know, made a, a, 28 song album if i wanted to of all the songs that we have to release or that you know that we want to put out so there was a not necessarily stuff that we tried that didn't work it was just stuff that um that just you know the album was pretty much done uh and everything that but everything we tried worked like everything that we uh every new sound that we tried fit in the album or at least felt like it fit and um i'm really excited with with the sound progression some of the songs and uh like Storms Coming has a heavier sound with like just these badass guitar solos and everything. So it's, uh, you know, I love the, the broadness of it, you know, with the, with the uh, acoustic driven to the moon and then like just rock to, you know, Storms Coming and Our Room Fire. But. Right. Yeah. And now To the Moon. I love that song and it feels very personal for you. Is that one of the more personal songs on the album? I think that the, uh, the overall message uh, of the song is definitely a personal one that um like you know i'm 23 but i've i've been through a bunch of stuff you know my, my dad passed away when i was uh 13 14 um and i've you know had my got married to my wife when we were at 19 and found out we were pregnant at 18 had our first daughter at 19 uh so i've been through a lot of stuff man and i've, I've had to grow up pretty pretty quickly and there's just a bunch of stuff i've learned over the past you know I guess 23 years and that song kind of uh, encompasses what I've, you know, what I've come to realize, I guess. And um, I hope that people uh, just love it. You know, that's amazing. And that's a great segue into diving into this journey and learning more about you because I saw that, I don't know if it was in a post or where it was, but I saw you say that I would say that if a true fan looks at everything we do, there is not much they don't know about me. And so I want to challenge that and I want to dive in and I want to see if we can learn some new stuff about you today, about your past and about your musical journey. So let's dive in and talk about growing up in Brad Bradford, right? Yep. The population Bradford. in 2000, the population was 30 people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so That's very, right. very small town. So what did that sort of first few years of your upbringing look like? Was it very much country living for you and your family? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, all all of my childhood, my dad either drove a cow truck or he worked on ranches. And at first he was working on ranches. And uh, yeah, it was, I mean, growing up, I would, instead of hanging out the house with my mom, I would go out as a two or three year old with him to work and I'd ride horses and, and watch him, you know, rope and run cows and work cows and do all the stuff, man. It was a, uh, it, it was a very, a very cowboy, very country. And it was, I mean, some of my favorite memories still are uh, riding out on this big ass wide open ranch with my dad and a bunch of his friends. And, uh, you know, because after we get through work and we get to go ride until real late, and it was always the fun part. That's awesome. And I saw you say at one point growing up, you had rules of what to do and what not to do. And so looking back on that, do you remember some of the main rules of what you were were not supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, I just you weren't supposed to be a bad kid. You were supposed to uh, respect all of your elders, and respect everyone, you know, and uh, and not be a, a little 
people, you know, <laughs> uh, try to be a sweet kid. Cause you don't want to, you never wanted your parents coming around and, and hearing that you've been a, been a bad kid or you get your, you know, get whooped. <laughs> never right, fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just really just respecting, respecting people, man. And, and not being a, a little heathen. <laughs> That's amazing. And now before we talk about your dad and the impact he had on you, I saw you mention that you started riding four wheelers on your grandfather's property when you were young. And I wanted to ask about him, your grandfather, and the person he was and the impact he's had on this journey for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. So it's my, uh, my, we call him Big Daddy. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, he was just been my, you know, been around since we were kids. He's my, my uh, I guess, step grandpa. Okay. But, but I mean, I mean, he's just, just as much blood as anyone else, you know? Um, but yeah, he, he definitely taught us a lot as kids about, about working hard and, uh, you know, the same kind of thing, man, he had a, had a, had a big impact for sure. And now your dad, you talked about driving uh, cattle trucks with him when you were really young. And you've talked about the fact that that's where your love of music began and, and listening to music on those drives. And then also probably your love of the road now comes from being on the road then and so just talk about the memories that you hold from those days and sort of the first memories that you have because you started so young with him doing that yeah so I was um I think I was probably four or so when he started driving trucks again so it was right before I started school and I mean every time he'd go I'd go with him and it'd be you know we'd be gone for three or four days and it was you know obviously as a four-year-old if you're kind of just doing that you're, you're probably going to be heavily influenced into wanting to do that at some point i mean as a kid uh, all i wanted to do was drive trucks when i got older um and you know luckily i get to at least ride on a bus around the country to, to scratch that itch but yeah man yeah we um you know he, he would t- take us out in, in the peterbilt and we'd go i mean as far east as georgia and um i remember i think i guess the first we were, we were probably driving to Amarillo and he put in this, uh, his, he, he had just got like the, the collection of every, every Wayland song there was on like all these CDs. And he put the, uh, he put the first one in and it was uh, Rose in Paradise played. And I remember hearing the, just hearing the guitar intro, the solo and every, and just the story that I told and everything from Waylon Jennings. And I was just blown away as a kid riding in his passenger seat. Just, it, we, you know, it was late at night too. And it's part of the reason I think, that I'm a night person still to this day. Cause like, I hate, I hate getting up at seven in the morning and, and I, I would much rather sleep till like 10 and stay up till like three 30 oh, wow. uh, every night. That, that's, that's more my schedule. But yeah, it was probably like, probably like 10 or 11 at night. And we were listening to Waylon for the first time. And it was just, uh, yeah, man, it was definitely something that changed the uh, trajectory of, of what I wanted to be when I grew up a little bit. I thought that it'd be cool to be a singer. Right. And now within Waylon, I saw that, I don't know what year it was. I think it was within the last couple of years. You visited Waymore's in Littlefield, which is, I believe, a liquor store or a store that's owned by Waylon's brother. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty famous place. And so what did that mean just to visit there and think about your dad while you were there? Because I know that's somewhere where I think you guys had maybe talked about visiting before he passed away. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we did, man. We, uh, I remember as a kid, some of those, those truck routes, you know, we'd be listening to the Wayland Sea and he'd, he'd be like, uh, tell me about Waymore's and be like, one day we got to go there and, uh, we'll, maybe we'll ha- have a, a route that brings us through there. We'll stop through and I'll show you it. Um, but yeah, we, we never got to go, but when I got to go, it was, it was crazy, man. It was really like a, a full circle moment. Uh, 
in my head uh, and it was really surreal to be there but yeah so it's a liquor store and you go in and his brother runs it and he was just super awesome man uh, he just told us a million stories um and you you know liquor store on the left and then on the right there's this little room that's got all this Wayland. it's kind of like a Wayland museum almost uh, okay but man it's crazy like they have i guess they have his first guitar in there and they have a bunch of stage clothes and a bunch of you know cds and plaques and stuff on the wall it's just it's cool really really cool man wow and now with your dad when he passed you're in your early teens what did that experience mean for you, I guess, back then? And then also just the person that it's built you into today? Yeah, no, it was, uh, it, it was really hard. Uh, I mean, you know, we were extremely close. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I guess it was just something that you had to, at the time, just had to deal with and had to uh, understand that everything happens for a reason, you know. And um I, I understood that and I, uh, you know, thankfully got through it and uh, it was very impactful on my, on my life. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, I still think about them all the time, you know, but it's uh, it's all fond memories and it's all good stuff, man. It's, it's a, uh, you know, but tough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe it was a couple of years before he passed that you got your first guitar. Now, did he have the opportunity to kind of see you grow as a musician within those couple of years that you began playing yeah absolutely so i got my i guess he got me my first guitar uh i had a few guitars when i was younger but it was like they i still have them but i never really played them there were a couple of electrics and i'd play them when i got them for like two days and try to learn i couldn't do it whatever right uh and then when i was probably 11 or 12 my tour manager now who we've been best friends since fourth grade his name is jt um we I was over at his house and his uncle had taught him how to play guitar. And he was like, dude, let me teach you. I was sick. And he taught me like the first, you know, my first three or four chords. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good teacher. I mean, I learned, I learned my first song in like four minutes and I went in there and showed it to his mom and she was like, that's awesome. And, you know, then it was just the progression and the satisfaction of learning something new. I was like, Oh God, I gotta, gotta learn more and more and more. And, um, but yeah, he, uh, so he, he was around for, you know, me starting to play and then me starting to sing, and um he got i mean he got to see me you know sing for friends and family and stuff and uh, we have people come over and he you know i'd go in the living room and sing for everybody so he got to see that that's awesome and how important was music during that time when he passed was that a huge crutch for you and helping you get through that time yeah absolutely i mean uh you know like they say music heals man um and it was a really, you know, a really long process of, of, you know, but yeah, I, you know, I mean, listening to everything that I, I, we listened to, I mean, I listened to Waylon for probably like four months straight exclusively after, after he passed away, just, you know, cause it brought back a million memories and it still does today um, when I listen to it. But uh, yeah, man, music was, is a, was a big crutch during that time and uh, definitely was a big, you know, a big reason in, uh, I guess a big part in me getting helping get up past that, you know? Right. Yeah. And your brother, he's also on the music side of the business, I believe, but more on the business side. And I think he was your tour manager for the first few years that you started out. So talk about that relationship and was he musical growing up or is he much more business minded? Yeah, man. So he actually, it's kind of came full circle and he manages me now. Oh, okay. So it, it's funny, but yeah, he, uh, I, when we were young, um, 
I remember when I started playing and singing, I tried so hard to uh, to teach him to play guitar and to teach him to play drums, to teach him to do whatever. Uh, and then finally tried to teach him to, uh, to play bass when uh, he was like a, a junior in high school and it just never happened. And he was like, dude, I'm not a musician. I don't need to be like, I can't do this. Like, it's just not meant to be. And I finally accepted it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like I accept that, you know, you're going to go do whatever you want to do in life. And we're still going to be best friends, whatever. Right. And yeah. as a, he, I, I'd been graduated, I guess, for my, my second year when he started his senior year and we were on the road full time at this point playing. And he, I, mean, I guess I, I, we were talking one day, I don't know exactly how it happened, but uh, we came away and he was going to tour manage us, uh, while he was a senior in high school. So he was like uh, him and JT, who is now a tour manager, were kind of like tag teaming it and would, you know, Chase would do certain stuff when he could. Like he'd come to a Saturday show, uh, you know, we'd play three shows that week. He'd, he'd miss Thursday, Friday, and he'd drive into Saturday wherever, if it was close. Right. Uh, and then finally he graduated high school and he was, yeah, he was on the road with us for a, a, like a, a year and a half, I think. And um, it was, yeah, it was, it was awesome uh, getting to have him on the road because I also, I mean, I had, you know, I had already accepted the fact that Chase was never going to work with me in any, any capacity. Right. You know, yeah. That, that was just done. Uh, and then, so it was, it was super, you know, it was a dream to get to have him on the road and do all that stuff. And then uh, he started managing Pegasus and the rooftops. Um, I don't remember what, when it was like January of 2020 or something like that, or 2020, it was January, 2021. Okay. And he was like, he was like, Hey, I, uh, I got to get off the road in March because I got to, I'm just way too busy. And I was like, I get it. Like I, you know, I figured it was going to come. And, uh, you know, then he was, uh, I was, he was at the same management company that we're at and, uh, yeah, no, luckily it just came full circle and, and here, here we are working together again, but it's a, uh, it's funny, man. That's awesome. And talk about your first show. What was your very first time playing in front of people that weren't family and friends? Okay. <laughs> so my very first show, was I think it was at it would have been at um oh shoot what was it called oh it was <laughs> it was uh Eddie's in Athens Texas was like my first like like full band like there was no no family no friends there there was just like 15 people there but we, I, I think we were like sophomores or uh or, or juniors or something in, in oh, high school, okay. but, but we, we'd played a bunch of shows for family, family and friends and a bunch of like pasture parties and stuff at this point. And um, yeah, at that point we had started getting into like the, the local crawfish joint scene. So like the places that were, you know, had a couple outdoor stages, there's this place in Palestine, Texas called, uh, called Nunes that we played at. Uh, and this place in Athens called Wawa's. That was like two of the spots we'd go play a bunch. And we'd also play at uh, the pit grill in Palestine. But the first show, man, it was uh, it was crazy. We I think we were a four piece. We, it was me, Jay. I I played guitar. JT played guitar. We had a drummer, and then we had uh, a girl in the band that sang also. And we played, you know, a four hour set of just covers, and I think like two originals. And uh, it was it was the most fun we'd ever had. We thought it was a blast, even though the the you know ten fifteen people there were. Uh, all these kids are annoying up here on stage <laughs> right. probably say we, we probably sounded awful you know but it was uh once we once we started playing live like that we were hooked we knew that we were gonna uh we were gonna chase it at least try to and know? so that was in high school but then you did have a stint where you went off to college for nursing did you not 
So um, in high school, I was also doing college and I was basic. I was almost done with basics uh, when I graduated. I had one more year of basics to do. And um, me and my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, uh, we we started school uh, to finish basics at TVCC in Athens. So it was, I mean, it was 12, 15 minutes away from where we grew up. Um, And we were finishing that year up and I was miserable and everyone knew I was miserable in college. And I wanted, because we'd, we'd, during this year, we'd also released our first EP and it was doing decent, you know, and it had been picked up. Uh, on some playlists and stuff and our, right. our stuff was growing and, and people were starting to come to shows and, uh you know we were starting to sell some tickets and stuff and um so it was like oh man i'm you know not making much money on the weekends but i'm making a little bit i was also working full-time for my grandpa too so oh, wow. uh, my grandpa that i was talking about earlier i was working uh yeah I'd, I'd, <laughs> during the week if i wasn't in college like on the tuesday or thursday i'd be working monday wednesday uh, if I didn't have a show Friday, but normally I was playing Friday, Saturday. So I'd work like two days a week for him, play shoot two shows a week and go to school two days a week. It was just, Oh, wow. It was so, it was so busy. So it was like, I was, I was miserable doing all three of those things. And uh, by the, yeah, by the end of that year, my mom could see that. And she was the reason I was still finished college. Cause I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to finish it for her. Uh, just so she's, you know, she's cool. And, uh, by the end of that year, basics, like I was done. And we was, it was time to apply for uh, for nursing school. And my mom set me down with my wife, too. And they were like, you need to just take a break for a year and see what happens. And if at the end of that year you feel like, yeah, I should just go back to college, go back to college. If you feel like there's something maybe happening, let's go. And, you know, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, the rest is history. Now, yeah. within that your family was obviously supportive of it, but was there a lot of chatter around you of you're crazy? Why are you leaving college behind to go chase this crazy music career? There, there wasn't, man, ever, luckily if everyone was uh, either supportive or didn't say anything. Okay. Uh, And, and that's, that's fine, man. Like that's what I didn't, you know, at, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, you know, care what anyone else thinks about what I want to do anyways I think everyone should feel that way you, you should always do what you want to do because I feel like that's the only way you're going to be happy yeah um, and but yeah no luckily everyone was supportive and it was it was great man I think um, and a lot of East Texas was super supportive too we had a, a bunch of people from around where we grew up that were young uh, went to school with or went to school around the same time and we had this song that we wrote uh, when we were 15 called every single kiss that uh wound up being our very first single and that's kind of when it came out like the hype started building because like, all the people that kind of knew us or were kind of friends with us were like listen to this like they're from right down the road and they just put this out and right. that was kind of like the organic um you know thing that started it which was super cool and were you ready for how quickly it took off oh absolutely man i was i was uh you know, I, I don't want to do anything but be a be a star, man. That's why I want to make this as big as it can be. And I want to, you know, feel like I was, uh, you know, made for it. So I, I was ready for it as soon as it could happen. I'm ready for it always, man. That's awesome. And you talked about starting your family early, having your first daughter at the age of 18 and getting married at 19. Now, obviously, it's got to be difficult as you get busier and leaving on the road and leaving them behind. But at the same time, could you see yourself doing this without them? 
No. Yeah. That, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's the thing, man. Like it, it, we, we've, we've gotten to where we've kind of have found a balance between road life and home life. And it's, it's, uh, you know, over the past six months or so. So it's gotten, it's gotten easier, but yeah, before then, man, uh, other than the COVID year where we really didn't play much, uh, we, I was gone. I mean, so much. And it was, you know, I'd be gone for two months. Um, and I'd get back. And after those two months, uh, she'd be like a different kid. Right, that, yeah. stuff, you know, that, that stuff sucked, man. But um, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. It's, uh, you know, like I said, we've gotten to where we kind of have the balance to where it's uh, we're on the road with how much we want to be. And we're, we're as home as, you know, as much as we can be. So it's uh, it's nice, man. And you have created a strong community around you of other Texas artists. You have um, younger guys like Chris Colston, who uh, has been with you, I think, since the beginning, almost since the beginning. And yeah. then you have like Sam Riggs and Grant Gilbert and Corey Kent, Cole Wetzel, of course, um, Drew Parker. You have all these guys coming out of the Texas music scene right now. How important is that support and that community? Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I think uh, the the thing about the scene is 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 it's a you know rising tide lifts all ships, you know. So it's, it's as big as one person can get. It's good for everybody, man. And it's like it's a, it's a very it's a, it's a fairly tight knit scene, man. Everyone's everyone I've met's been super great and extremely nice, and just you know it's been great. It's definitely uh, better to have it like that than to have everyone hate each other you know <laughs> yeah exactly and parker mccollum and cole are obviously leading the charge in the more broad exposure outside of texas which is something that as i talk to more texas artists it's not necessarily the easiest thing to break out of that scene and, and gain the more national exposure and not necessarily something that everyone wants. A lot of people are just happy playing within the red dirt scene. But for you, as you look at those bigger artists coming out of Texas, is that the similar path that you're chasing? Yeah, absolutely, man. I think, uh, like I was saying, you know, I want to make what this as big as it can be. You know, I want to, uh, you know, I want I want to play for just as many people in in New York as we do here, and just as many people in Montana as, as we do here, and just as many people in L.A. and Oregon and Colorado, you know, whatever, everywhere, man. Um, I think, but I think that's uh, that's an it's an overall. Uh, I mean, I feel like most people feel that way coming from the scene now. Uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 cool to watch those dudes do it. And, I mean, Kojo Parker and Co. Absolutely you know, go everywhere and slay and whiskey Myers too. There, there's so many dudes that are absolutely just, uh, yeah, just paving the way to, you know, to make the scene as big as it can be, which is great for everyone. Yeah. And as you travel broader and you make it to like California and you make it around the country, what is it like to have that support and hear people singing your words back to you, no matter where you go around this country? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's insane, man. The, 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 the thought of traveling, like, you know, we, we, we went and played a show in um, three shows in California about, uh, it was probably a year and three months or so after our official start or no, it was like, no, it was probably nine months after our official start date. Okay. And so I think I, I was about to turn 20 or about to turn 19 or something. And uh, we drove our, our little white shuttle bus. We used to have out to uh, 
to California and went and played some shows and, you know, there were a couple hundred people there singing every word in California or like 150 people there. Uh, and it had, we'd been playing for nine months. So it was insane to see how fast, um, you know, a, a, how fast things can happen. And is there a show like more locally or wherever it is a show that the light bulb went off that people started singing it back to you and you were like, whoa, this is crazy. Or has it just sort of been a progression? Man, um, really, the so the very first show that we played that I would call, uh, like when, when I say our official start date, it was uh, July 20th of 2018. We we'd had music out for like, um, I want to say like nine months at that point, eight months. And I'd officially stopped going to college, decided that I was, was going to pursue music full time. So that summer I was getting everything ready, as, as ready as it could be. And, um, yeah, July 20th, we played the show at Moore's store in, uh, Moore's, uh, or in, uh, Ben Wheeler, Texas, which is, I mean, I live in Tyler now and it's, I mean, probably 30 minutes down the road, oh, okay. uh, but it, it was our very first official show. And I think, uh, when we got there, uh, JT went there and asked how many tickets had, we had sold, we had sold like, uh, I think like 178 tickets so far. And we were like, what? are you kidding me? There's already almost 200 tickets sold. And I think the venue was like 225 caps. I mean, we were like, I think we ended up selling like 200 tickets. We were like 25 tickets away from selling out our first show. It, it was cool, man. Like that was, uh, you know, that was the first night we played and we had, you know, they were singing uh, a few songs and it was like, whoa, this is, this is crazy, man. Like this is all, you know, it was a drug for sure. It's, it's wild. And now you talk about the few months leading up to that show. Just talk about that process and sort of the process you took in becoming an artist, because I think these days, maybe a lot of artists are just sort of jumping in and, you know, social media, I need to gain attention on social media and go viral so I can have a career. And maybe people don't understand sort of the back end and what needs to happen to make this successful. And so what steps were you taking before that first show to ensure that building this career was going to be successful yeah so we had uh we had found uh we had found a manager at that point that reached out and wanted to work with us and he had set up uh you know he had he, had, he was one that was booking our shows at the time um and he was the one that was, was kind of setting everything up and we we you know had to find a drummer and a guitar player and uh, bass player and we had to find uh, what, what we we're going to travel in you know so we we were traveling in pickup trucks just our pickups for the first probably eight or nine months and um it, it was it was a it was the whole process of that and also just getting in in somewhere to practice because you know I, the last thing we wanted to go do was go out there and sound like right yeah. uh so it was it was just it was I mean, we we probably spent we probably had three or four full 10 11 12 hour day practices before our very first show that were like i mean mentally and physically and just the most exhausting days of my life almost you know um looking back on it but i mean also it, it made us you know we were we weren't bad when we started we there were a lot there's there, were, there have definitely been a lot worse bands uh start uh or sound worse than than we did when we started so it was you know the work definitely pays off i guess is one thing to say definitely go practice before you play shows right yeah and since that time even how much have you found you've progressed as an artist and especially a live performer yeah man i uh you know it's the, the more comfortable you get and the more you allow yourself to get comfortable and to understand that um 
you should always be working to get better and always be working to to sound better to feel the, the band should be working to feel tighter and all that stuff man uh it's been a it's been a you know i guess since i've been playing since i was well i guess 19 and now i'm 23 uh and playing with a band full-time since then and it's been a it's taken all you know four or five years to to really get to the point where you are but we we all work really hard man and it's a you know i feel like over the past year and a half two years i've gotten i mean i would say as a musician and as a singer a thousand times better than i was before um and it's just also has to do you know with me i've, I've gotten a little bit older and and continue to grow up and to to grow into this person and understand what i want to do and, and who i want to be and uh i don't want to be a guy that sucks so <laughs> practice that's what we do absolutely and within your live shows your daughter who i believe she's four now you've had the opportunity to start bringing her up on stage and i think it was belly bobs you had her uh, singing into the mic. And so what are those experiences like as she gets older and becomes aware of what you do? Yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, it's an absolutely surreal experience every time. I mean, getting to have, uh, I've always said that like as a kid, I, I genuinely had two dreams. I always wanted to be, I always wanted to be a dad and have a family um, and I always wanted to be a musician. So whenever they get to both the dreams that I get to live get to combine in a way. It's just, it's absolute magic, man. It's, it's, it's insane to get to hear, hear a little girl that me and my wife created come up here and sing a song that I wrote uh, to these people who are singing it back with her. You know, it's just, it's an absolutely unbelievable experience. And to, to have it on video is something that uh, I'm extremely grateful for and something we'll never forget. And is she a pretty musical kid? Uh, she, I mean, absolutely loves to sing. I mean, she sings all the time. She, uh, she, you know, talks, she, she writes her own songs and her just sings random songs that she writes, I guess. Uh, she's a very creative kid for sure. That's awesome. And now the production of your music, I wanted to talk about that because Philip Mosley, I believe you've worked with him ever since your very first single. And so talk about that relationship and how it formed and how important it's been throughout this process to have someone there for you and not sort of be jumping around from producer to producer on each project. Yeah, man, no, it's, it's been a, it's been a, you know, he, we found him, like you said, for our very first project. So we found him, he's a guy from Palestine, which was, you know, 20 minutes down the road from where, right. uh, where, where I was from. So it was, it was cool to get to, um, to get to work with him. And once we got in there and we started working with them, we we're like, Oh, this guy, this, you know, he has great work. And he uh, really helped us find our sound early on. And I think we both continue to, to grow as musicians and as, as people and understand kind of who we are and what we want to do. And it's been, it's been awesome to get to see that relationship continue to get better. And uh, I think the music continue to get better with how we have continued to work better together. So it's been awesome, man. It's been cool to have that guy there on the, you know, in the corner the whole time. And what's your experience been like in the studio as you move along? Are you diving more into the production process yourself and sort of being a part of it? Man, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in there with them. And if I hear something that I don't like, I definitely go, hey, man, can we uh, try something else? And if I hear something I like, I'm like, dude, that's that's dope. Let's uh, let's do that again, you know whatever just keep keep a guy i just try to be help the vibe you know but i definitely i definitely speak up if there's something that i don't 
uh, I don't like, and I, I give uh, you know any input that I uh, that I feel like I want to give if there's something that I feel like is missing. But it's it's rare that I ever have to speak up, which which is good, you know. And with today's musical landscape and artists maybe focusing more on singles, are you more focused on ensuring that when you do put out music, you do have a full project ready to go? Uh man not not necessarily i mean i feel like we kind of go through cycles like we uh you know in, in at least for my career so far we released our very first ep um and which was called volume one and then we released our very first full-length album uh which was good ones never last and it was like that whole that whole project was like a you know it was kind of about um about losing my dad and, and going through that whole uh that whole thing uh and that was uh, that was kind of it. Like that was, you know, that was like a whole, a whole story for me. And then volume two was just, an, it was another EP of, of just songs that we loved. And then this, once again, here we are, boyfriend, it's kind of to the moon. It's a, it's an album that's about where I am and it's about my wife and about my girls and about, um, you know, the, the things I've learned as a person and the person that I am and about um, just, a, just a bunch of stuff like that, man. So um, I think that, it just depends on what we're doing. Like when I'm, when we're in album mode and we're like, I'm trying to make something that it like feels like it tells a story or something. Um, I'm a little more worried about it, but you know, sometimes I'm just trying to, yeah. Every once in a while I just put out a badass song. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. And now in 2018, it ain't me debuted at number three on the charts. And I believe it was William Clark green and Cody jinx that were in front of you at one and two. And then behind you was shotgun rider turnpike troubadours and Parker McCollum. Now, when you looked at that and you see yourselves yourself on the chart with these, you know, bookend by these amazing artists, what was that like for you? Uh, it's, it's definitely, I mean, you know, another experience that was just kind of like, man, is this even real? Like, uh, you know, some, some people that we, we, you know, grew up listening to are right there. By yeah. us. <laughs> you know, it, it was a crazy experience, man. It's still crazy when stuff happens. And another crazy experience is going to be September 10th when you make your Opry debut. Now, yeah. what does that experience mean? Like, can you even put it into words yet before the performance happens? Yeah. I mean, I think to, like right now it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to wrap my mind around. I mean, to, to be able to just do, to be able to play a, a stay, a place that, I mean, so many people dream of playing uh, at 23 is, you know, I didn't, you know, if you would ask me whenever, um, whenever my mom told me then that I could just try music for this year, if I was going to play the opera when I was 23, I would have like, probably not, <laughs> but here we are. And so this journey, like you say, only three or four years after sitting down with your mom and saying, I'm going to give this a try. And now to where you've gotten today, are you able to internalize it? Or is it just gone so quickly that it's difficult to really take it in while it's happening? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think about it uh, too often because I just try to live in the moment and, right. um, you know, and uh really just be present everywhere that I am as, as much as I can, you know, at least. So it's, uh, it's something that, yeah, I don't, I don't think about it too often because we're just at the start, you know, I, I, we're still at the start line. I, uh, we got a long way to get to where we want to be, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. It's a, it's a good way to look at it because as a fan, when I look at you and the success that you've had, 
I'd say that you're definitely past the starting line. But I mean, like you say, you're only 23. So there is a lot of time ahead of you and a, a lot of time to do some amazing things. So, um, so talk about Midnight Tonight. Like I say, this will air in about a week. So the album will be officially released. But right now, you still have a few hours to wait. So how excited are you? Man, I'm uh, I'm beyond excited. I can't uh, I really can't believe that it's it's finally here. It's crazy how fast uh, it's gotten here. You know, um, it's 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 hard to even put into words how how excited I am for this you know debut major label full length record. It's it's uh, once again it's, it's something that I didn't think I would say. So it's uh, it's just unreal to be here. You know, man, and. Uh, 11 p.m. Central Standard Time at, at tonight. Uh, this project that we've worked on for two years now is finally coming out. I just can't wait to see how people react to it. And as an artist, how do you gauge how people are reacting? Because I mean, you could sit there and stare at the numbers or you can go on social media and look at the comments. But for you personally, as an artist, how are you going to gauge the reaction for this album? Man, I think I mean I'm I'm a big numbers guy. I love to I love to see what what um you know what songs are they listen to the most, which ones are they not listening to, which ones uh are they tweet. I mean I look at everything. I look I look at everything. Which ones are they tweeting about? Uh I mean everything that I can at least. Uh who you know, what are they are they DMing me wanting to hear these songs live or whatever? Um just I look at everything, man. But for sure the numbers for sure. And so going into new music, obviously you want to create music that you love, but are you also looking back on say this project and saying what types of songs did well and maybe focusing more on that type of sound or how do you go about that process? Man, really, it's just, um, no, it's I'm not really looking back on, on things we've done. Cause I feel like, uh, you know, if we make a song that sounds like sounds similar to a song made them great, but if uh, that's definitely never never the goal. I mean, um, I want to I want to try to make something new every time, right? Uh, yeah. And I, I want to try and incorporate new sounds. I mean, obviously it's it's still me, so it's going to sound like me, um, but it's going to sound like me regardless because I I don't ever I guess go in trying to chase anything. Uh, I just we always go in and try to make what feels natural and what we. Uh, what it what it feel what what it's supposed to be you know what it feels like it's supposed to be thank you once again so much for listening and thank you to colby for stopping by and sharing his story be sure to check out his newest album boy from anderson county to the moon please also be sure to check out us on social media just head over to any platform search country music made me and give us a follow you can also visit countrymusicmademe.com to sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content and if you enjoyed today's episode leave a rating leave a review anything helps we really appreciate it thank you once again so much for listening and we'll see you next time on country music made me <laughs>